there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tavalon. Have a cup of tea, or maybe a frothy ale. The light, why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. Hello and welcome back. I'm here with my friend Tracy. I'm here with my friend Amber. And this is the Road to Tarvalin, a Wheel of Time podcast. And we are fresh off our episode four watch. Right. And whew. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the messages on our Discord was, I think I need to go smoke a cigarette after that. And I've never... <laughs> agreed so much with a statement before in my life <laughs> but how about okay how about that Loghain cold open it is one of the scenes from the books that I wanted to see like made real made like a like a key moment mm-hmm. to be put in the TV show and I thought it was really good. I thought it was really powerful. The way that they showed the people, what do we want to call them? Okay, so from Loghain's point of view, he thinks he's speaking to former dragons. dragons. Okay, so... And, I mean, it's revealed, like, later, Moraine's just like, you're already mad, you know? <laughs> like, you're not talking to any former dragons. You're talking to the corruption on Sidene. You're talking, essentially, in your own head. How spoilery are we getting today? Or I say we go for it. I mean, awesome. I think most of our listeners... Okay, cool. Because I'm wondering, this is kind of the second... This is the second... Oh, look, the madness has him already moments that we've gotten like that very first cold open with the reds the gentling of reds Mm -hmm. as someone on youtube suggested they be called yeah (laughs) and i guess and i guess too i mean it's not even a spoiler because this is what was said in the episode right we don't know whether or not the the tv show will confirm or deny that later on that's true and the spoiler that i have like comes a little bit after this but so like that first guy is being shown where he's like talking to another person and then Lyandrin is like who are you talking to there's you're no talking one about here the fir- you're talking the about very episode first one. episode yeah. mm-hmm. and now in this one we have Loghain who has these fancy dark shadowy people talking to him like on either side it was really interesting yeah it felt like one of these like biblical callbacks to like the angel and the devil on your shoulder yes i mean they were both kind of on the like side like just kill him um so maybe they're both (laughs) devils on his shoulder Yeah, yeah but i'm wondering if this is setting us up for i mean assuming rand is still the dragon reborn is this setting us up for what Rand's discussions with Luce Theron are going to look like? 
I hope so because I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it looked really <laughs> cool. And I mean, even I, if they even if they do it in a way where it's similar to the first guy, where it's like a fully fleshed human being that like only, shadow. Yeah. Yeah, like only Rand can see. Like, wouldn't it be funny if like Luce Theron and like all of his like Age of Legends garb is like hanging out in the corner, rubbing his ear. Like, Rand can see him, but no one else can. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like that would be a good way of showing his madness Well, without... they could also, yeah, they could also, depending on, like, how far he's going, he can start off as this shadowy creature Ooh. and as becomes more realized, like, it could turn more into an actual person yeah Ooh, i like that too but i do like how with logan it was a woman and a man i think he says alusha mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so they're really keeping it very questionable whether or not there have been mm-hmm. female dragons or not mm-hmm. of course it mm-hmm. can still just be the madness and he's just completely imagining this but now there's an option for everything to fall nicely in the lore i liked it yeah and oh his his weaves looked so good when the Mm. when the gilladon or gelden this is gonna trip me up so much it's gonna take a minute right yeah (laughs) when they throw their spears and his weaves kind of like do this like snake like Uh movement and just kind of like pop the spears right off the air I was like "Ooh, that looks great like yeah I I still think there's room for improvement but I think that was really nice (laughs) I think as far as showing something light tainted by something dark in a visual way Mm -hmm. they've done a really good job of it yeah oh yeah as like to get it to to come across to people who have never seen it before and or who haven't read the books in particular like you see, like, those bright white lights of the Aes Sedai mm-hmm. channeling, and then you see this, like, tinged with black from Loghain. So I like it. I like that we get that visible representation for it. I, did, I was like, how are they going to do that? How are they going to make that look? Like, I didn't know how they were going to show the weaves for the Aes Sedai, let alone for, like, the men who could channel. Well, ever since we got that Loghain teaser, it was like, okay, mm-hmm. now we know. Yeah. Like, this is what it's going to be like. I'm glad that they stuck with that, and it wasn't just, like, a piece of concept art that got kind of, like, <laughs> shoehorned in. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or they were like, meh, maybe not. And then, like, changed it mm-hmm. before it went, like, full production or whatever. Sometimes that happens. And they ma- they made him so sympathetic. I love how mm. he could have came in just, like, wreaking havoc, like, full destruction. He's so powerful. They yep. could have really, like, overdone it and shown him just, mm-hmm. like, blasting his way through everything. But the fact mm-hmm. that they did kind of, like, restrain it a little bit to make it feel like he's just not on a rampage and mm-hmm. when he's confronted by the king of Giladon, it was this very again like Jesus moment like I'm like everyone can be one of my followers like there's room for everyone mm-hmm. at my table and including my enemies exactly and I think this is this is just such a great 
way to showcase Loghain. I know that he's a fan favorite. I love Loghain. I wish that Mm -hmm. the end of the books would have showcased him a little bit better. Mm -hmm. So just to have him kind of like put in the beginning in this it's a he's a gray character obviously but they could have made him a very predictable bad guy and they didn't and i'm glad absolutely (laughs) i was i was fully expecting at first for the dagger to of course like go Mm, into him mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when Loghain was like twisting it and then i was like i was afraid that was gonna be the case (laughs) yep and then i was like okay so now he's all bound in in weaves is it gonna be like one of those like Trollic ripping moments from like in the first episode when Moraine like like was it going to be that was it going to be bloody and instead for him to like kneel down and be like I'm not here to break the world I'm here to bind Mm -hmm. it that it's another good twist for new viewers because then they're like oh okay like Moraine might be wrong here maybe it's this guy (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. Who is the Dragon Reborn? Yeah. Damn it's it. The, it's the greatest whodunit in fantasy <laughs> television. <laughs> I mean, at this point, yeah. But, I mean, it's so nice because it's so obvious in the books. Obviously, no offense to Robert Jordan, I still think that his work is quite groundbreaking and i of course absolutely love it but that is one of the gripes that Mm -hmm. i've heard repeated as like you just know right away Mm -hmm. rance the dragon reborn so to have it be so questionable at this point has been nice where i keep getting stuck is moraine in the show is like the prophecy happened 20 years ago so we're looking for somebody who's 20 years old so then Loghain should instantly be ruled out but then shouldn't Nynaeve too well she does mention in the earlier episode it's a small town no one keeps records here Mm. we don't actually know how old she is so at one point she rules Nynaeve out but I think due to her being a orphan and being brought into town as a young mm-hmm. child, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, you would think, yeah, that, that does make a difference. But then again, who's to say that Gatara's prophecy was like, the dragon is born, he takes his first breath, blah, blah, blah. But what if she's just seeing it like in a flashback and interpreting it as mm-hmm. now? I mean, there's too many questions. Mm-hmm. That's actually a little bit better than how it is in the book, because in the book, it kind of just seems like everything is believed at face value. Like nobody really questions too much. The prophecies, they have a harder time. They just have a harder time interpreting them. When Swan and Moraine are out collecting names of Mm -hmm. women who have given like birth recently i think they say something about like does it mean in the last like 24 hours does it mean in the last three weeks does it mean in the last year Mm -hmm. like they are also uncertain of exactly what the time frame around it means and it certainly doesn't stop moraine from investigating people who have like that 
that luck streak Mm -hmm. that would be much older than Mm -hmm. an infant would be later on in New Spring as well. And the Black Aja as well, they are Mm -hmm. even less concerned about it. This candidate, this person that can channel is even way too old they just kill them anyways like they're mm-hmm. not taking any chances so the mm-hmm. dark friends and the black aja are just yoinking everybody <laughs> left and right <laughs> and i mean it's nice that in the show i think maureen does say like i don't think that the dark one you know the the side of the shadow knows either so yeah everyone's yeah. kind of just in the dark I mean, I I like it. At first, you know, this whole, is it a girl? Is it a boy? Is it four? Is it five? I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, like, wah, wah. (laughs) Yeah, same. I was like, oh. Hmm." And it honestly took me four episodes to be like, okay, got Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Like it. I think it was Christian on Discord passed along that article that talked about, like, there being room in Jordan's canon for a female dragon. There's room for it in Jordan's writing. So that's good enough for me. Yeah. That's good enough for me. I mean, even with what was said, there's still definitely people that will categorically deny, say, no, she -hmm. was a candidate. But, Mm -hmm. like, you can kind of tap dance around all of it and point to different little things. So Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm okay with that. So the next scene we get is Moraine, Lana, Nynaeve showing up in this Aes Sedai camp. We've got the Mm -hmm. reds, we've got the greens, and we're kind of given this little introduction of these Aes Sedai characters and their warders. Mm -hmm. It was really, really nice. It was really good. And Mm -hmm. I love Moraine's curiosity about Mm -hmm. this false dragon. I'm pretty sure that's the first thing she does. She's like, okay, I'm healed now. She goes straight to Logan and was like, okay, Mm -hmm. I can pick up these weaves now and shield him. Mm -hmm. And personally, I know who Leandrin is, so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what to say about her. Kate Fleetwood is amazing. Mm -hmm. So good. So Mm -hmm. good. They're making her a little bit more sympathetic. I don't want to get Mm -hmm. too ahead of myself because I'll save the end for, I think Mm -hmm. she has a really standout performance, but. Mm -hmm. I was a little concerned. I don't know if this happens at this moment or not. Is this when Landrin comes over to talk to Nynaeve Mm -hmm. when they're in the camp? I was mildly concerned when Nynaeve was like, what do you know of Maureen Sedai? And Landrin gets a smile on her face, like she's just found another ally mm-hmm. in Nynaeve. Oh, yeah, she did tell her to, like, come to the Red Aja tent, mm-hmm. like, the doors the, are the already open. The Red tent is open, is open mm-hmm. to you. Yeah, and I was just like, oh. But then Nynaeve being like, that woman is a snake. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> like, There's not... Yeah. <laughs> Not that I was worried that Nynaeve was going to be, like, let her distaste for Moraine, like, override her common sense. Mm-hmm. But not knowing exactly what the show writers plan on doing, 
it would be an interesting plot twist to see Nynaeve momentarily be brought under the wing of the Reds if she felt as though it helped her more than her attachment to Moraine did. Well, something that I think is interesting that they've done with the Red Aja is instead of just hunting for male channelers, they've set mm. them up as the channeling police. So Yes. I thought that was interesting too. Yeah, they're not just going after men. She's saying mm -hmm. anyone who misuses who the one power. The power. So mm -hmm. does that mean that they're off hunting for the kin or possibly <gasps> other groups like Ooh. the Sea Folk or the Aiel? Like where what do they have their hands in? Mm-hmm. I could see things maybe getting a little muddled later on, but I'm interested. <laughs> I'm mostly, like, I'm suddenly mostly thinking of Elida versus Swan. If you put that spin on it where the Reds are, like, the channeling police, mm -hmm. then it would, in some ways, almost make Elida's trajectory towards going after Swan make more sense not that it doesn't completely because she's just a narcissist and so mm -hmm. like her going after swan is elida going to be yes i think show? so okay, good. i think it was like so. where is she what, what I mean, have we seen elida yet I, I don't think you can cut elida i really don't but i don't know how you would but there's also the fact that the Red Aja is the largest Aja. So even if they mm -hmm. aren't this police force type structure, if they have enough women like backing them, exactly. who's to say what they can and can't do? I mean, right. if it's just a numbers game, if it's, mm -hmm. we don't know how exactly the White Tower is going to be structured in the TV show. If they're going to give, like, each Aja the same amount of votes for things, like, when it's in the hands of the sitters. Tower. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm... It looked like from that one scene in Tarvalon that each, each Aja three. had three seats. Mm -hmm. So, I think that that at least is the same. Right. But who's to but, say, like, if there's a coup, yep, like, they have the most bodies. So. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, ugh. Ugh. Yeah. I just don't like the reds. I don't like the reds. I liked when Landrin was like, the blues are, they like to exaggerate their own self-importance. And I mm -hmm. was like, now, wait a minute. Are you sure you're not talking about you right now? <laughs> well, the, the reds and the blues are always going at it. They Butting are, heads. Yeah. They... <laughs> that would be a great t-shirt. Reds and blues butting heads for over a thousand years or something, you know, like mortal enemies, 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 enemies. So, yeah. There's all of this going on at the camp. And again, I'm loving the male warders, the the camaraderie, Lan doing his practice swings with Stepan. So cool. That was so cool. So cool. I always liked the idea of warders having different weapons. Mm -hmm. It makes sense to me. So 
I was never really like a purist when I when some people are like they all must have swords. Like I mm-hmm. didn't really care about that. There were other things that bothered me more. <laughs> but yeah. Seeing Peter Franzen like do his thing with these axes, it just looks really cool. <laughs> I'm a big fan. It does, and they are still moving in the same motions. Mm-hmm. Like when when Lan and Stefan are like, yeah, he was doing like sword forms with they're axes. Still, yeah, which I thought was neat. Like it crosses over one weapon to another in in certain ways. So I thought that that was kind of cool. Like regardless of what weapon you have, you can mm-hmm. still practice and train with each other. This communal, true. true. Communal weapons true. training. Did you notice how Lan kind of like sneaks up on him and kind of like pats his side or stomach, and he jumps a little bit and was like, "Hey, now, like, don't don't be doing yeah. that." And I kind of like how they've given Lan this kind of sneaky little undercover sense of humor. Much more so than in the books. At least, like, the later books. Like, this almost feels like New Springland. Yeah. You know? Like, this would be like him playing Sevens with Mm -hmm. Ryan. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought of when when I was watching it yesterday. I was like, Mm -hmm. is this... Are they going to play sevens now? Is that what's going to happen? <laughs> Am I ready for this? That'd be amazing. I think it fits with his personality of like the stoic kind of poetic samurai warrior type character. He's allowed to have a little sarcasm and a little kind of a glint of a sen- sense of humor mm-hmm. there. I think it almost makes the relationship between him and Moraine more interesting. Mm-hmm. In this case, instead of them both being so... Joan-faced? It's easy to write kind of this all-knowing character like Moraine, mm-hmm. where she always has to say, the wheel weaves... The... God, hell. <laughs> the wheel weaves as the wheel wills. Mm-hmm. And... So often in the books, I'm just rolling my eyes like, really, Maureen, you're so sure of everything, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's it's nice. I think it mm-hmm. fits her tight-laced Kyrianan backstory. Mm-hmm. And I love how the other Aes Sedai and Warders are kind of just like, oh, God, like, imagine what their evenings together are like. It, right? It made me laugh so much because I'm like, Lan does not deserve that. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Like, how often will he ask her something and she'll just answer no and then walk mm-hmm. away? <laughs> and then just walk away. And I did, I did notice there are a couple different places throughout the episodes where, like, just one of them talks and the other person like just makes like yeah or makes facial expressions and they're like they respond without even having exchanged anything Mm -hmm. verbally and I Mm -hmm. like that that they have they have that connection and that they show it that way they don't need to have a long conversation Mm -mm. I feel like that would be very inefficient for right. the lady Moraine Domager. <laughs> why mince words when you don't have to? I mean, if exactly. a look can say it, then mm-hmm. why speak? 
She's just efficient that way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I like it. I like it so much. You want to go forward a little bit to the Grinwell farm? Yes. It goes back to the camp, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is the scene where Tom and Matt and Rand are tying up their horses. Is that right? And they were going to try to like... tying up their horses. They had gotten off their horses and then the farmer, Mr. Grinwell, catches them and yells and he's holding a bow. That is this one where they're like the three of them are together and they're going to try to like sneak into sleeping Mm -hmm. in the barn overnight. And Rand's like, why don't we just ask them? (laughs) How often in the eye of the world and the great hunt where Moraine is kind of like using some tricks and antics and I feel like if you just would have asked Rand like if you just would have mm-hmm. told him mm-hmm. he's a good kid he would have just done it anyways <laughs> there's no need yeah. to try and manipulate and it really just speaks to Rand's character yeah more to that point even so when Farmer Grinwell is got his bow on them mm-hmm. and Rand like steps in and is like wait we Mm -hmm. were lying to you here's the deal this is what's happening by the way if you really wanted to kill me you'd be holding your bow properly yeah and i like that i like that i mean there have been some moments in the first three episodes where i was like it actually made me feel better about rand than i have so it far, felt like C- CSI bow hunter, <laughs> like <laughs> I can tell by the way that you've placed your fingers on your bow that really psychologically you are thinking this instead of oh, that. see, and I thought he was seeing it more as like skill or intention from like how the man was actually holding his bow. Like, I didn't see him as, as like psychologically like figuring out what the farmer's intentions was just like his observation of how he was yeah, holding the Yeah, I don't bow. know. I just I don't know. It I don't. Mm. No, no, no. I mean it it's, did nothing. I, I like it when like things like that hit us differently because like I said, Rand you had mentioned in one of our recordings, I think it was last week, that maybe they're setting up Rand to be an unlikable hero. Mm-hmm. Is that right? And I felt as though there were a couple moments in this episode where Rand felt more like the Rand that I feel in the beginning of Eye of the World. Like, still a little bit more naive, still more willing to jump forward mm-hmm. with the truth and openness than to lean towards subterfuge. And so i i liked it i just don't like the back and forth of is he a naive farm boy is he a Mm. bad boyfriend is he too big for his britches is he getting ahead of himself he's a 20 year old male so the answer to all of those questions is yes and i don't like 20 year old (laughs) males for the most part so this is why it's so frustrating yeah yeah exactly the whole time that maureen was down and injured where I'm just like, we've got to get Amber through. I'm talking to myself in the third person. 
Did you? <laughs> it's how it's how you uh, pronounce your self importance for everyone to know. <laughs> I'm just teasing. It was, um, it was just really hard. I wasn't. Did Did you that feel so as much. though this episode, this episode four? Did you feel? like revived from that former experience where you were feeling frustrated absolutely cool yeah 100 i would actually go back and lower the scores for the previous episodes i uh, right now in comparison with this one because i was thinking about you tracy little miss 10 out of 10 i'm like okay so what are you gonna give this one Um, I'm going to stay quiet and not try to rate anything. I'm terrible at that kind of stuff. This is this is actually my problem with so many things is I don't I don't want anyone to feel bad and I want people to like feel supported. And for me in the moment, it was totally a 10 for me. I just didn't know that episode 10 was going to be or episode four was going to be what it was. You know, I should have known. I should have known, but I do, I do have to say, I, was I agree. I didn't know, but I was, yeah, <laughs> I think for me so far, episode one and episode four, are my two favorites, two and three are okay. I think three is better than two simply because of the Tom introduction. I like that part a lot. The Tom introduction, the Aiel introduction, those two things. Oh, and our first our first dark friend and our first direct reference to Ishamael. Did I come close? Yeah. To like, yeah, that was, was, was that it was good? good? Okay, yeah. cool. I'm going to hear her voice say his name every mm-hmm. time I read it from now on, and I don't mind. <laughs> yeah, it was great. So good. I really, really liked the little girl. Grinwall. I mean, it's not Elsa Grinwall, but she comes up to Matt with that little. Are you sure? Because the closed captions say Elsa. E L. Yeah, but I mean, it's not like our. It's not like, it's book. Not like our book Elsa that's making moon eyes at Rand because that would be very creepy <laughs> in this context. <laughs> but she's got this little Brigitte doll. Yeah. Like she's she's yeah. not she's not a female that's going to make Matt and Rand feel uncomfortable, and in particular for Matt, she's going to touch a strong soft spot for him. So this is yes. a very different interaction than the one that we get in the book, and I like it so much better. And yes, yeah, so the Brigida doll, hands down. I yelped like when she said that I yelped and then I had overwhelming like sense of fear of like oh my gosh what if that's just the Brigida that we get what if we only get (laughs) doll Brigida and that's it no don't you dare even suggest that don't yeah I should I should not put that out into the world isn't that terrifying though yes because when when that happened a few things ran through my head. First, I had to pause it and back it up just to make sure that what I had just seen had just really happened. And then I had to text you. But then I was like, 
What an adorable way to introduce one yeah. of the heroes of the horn. And also, yeah. Matt has just been handed a doll of one of his future best friends. And how sweet yeah. is that? Just all of these little future moments that are going to happen because of Birgitta. Yeah, it's so sad that he loses it. Can you imagine if he like kept that in his jacket Through pocket the whole from thing? now on as like a talisman? Yeah, like that's that's what I was hoping was going to happen. Like the next time he runs into his sisters. Oh yeah, yeah, like giving it back mm-hmm. to them, or mm-hmm. or if somehow like it got brought up like. Brigida comes into the picture and he was like, I'm imagining like prankster Matt, like making a joke about it. Yeah. You know? Like it being like a very funny thing, like them drinking together and him like putting it on the table. Like bet that little doll can out drink you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would just be so funny. Also, I want to keep going. If yeah, that's please, okay. please, please. Back to the water campfire. Okay, so, it's so this everyone's nighttime hanging out. Water campfire time. Yeah, yeah. Are yeah. we going to talk about Our Ivan out. and Thomas? Ivan and Thomas. Uh, Ivan Alana's waters and Maskin. Oh, did they change? Thomas's Thomas Varens. Sorry. Yeah. Either way, are we going to talk about them because they're adorable? Them cuddling. Yeah. Uh. Oh my God. Them. That's what I have written down. Ivan and Maskin like cuddling up at the fire together. My heart could not. It was take so it. cute. It's so good. I'm so sorry. Good. I've never thought of warders as being the cuddle type at all. Yeah. And I like that they're making it this like polyamorous yeah. couple for the yeah. queens. Like yeah. Why? Why was that? Never my head came. I don't. I feel so stupid now. This is so much better. (laughs) It makes. And I think the one is Rafe Judkins' partner. Get out. Taylor Napier. They're both beautiful. I liked when Alana walked up and was like, come on, guys. And Nynaeve's like, the three of them aren't. Do they really? And Stefan just like laughs into his (laughs) wine goblet. Oh, so good. Yeah, I loved that. I loved, and I loved how it wasn't even a thing. They weren't trying to like shine a flashlight mm-hmm. on it or anything. It was just like, this is how it is. Next scene. Like, perfect. and I mean, doesn't it make sense for a group of yeah. men that there would be same sex relationships? Of course. Yeah. Why didn't I ever think of that? Well, I think it's just because of how it's mm-hmm. written, and we never really get to have any POV chapters where there's a male warder like talking about his bond with his mm-hmm. Aes Sedai and his other warders. That's true. I mean, we only get it, I think we only really get it from the eyes of Rand's ladies, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's a nice little flip. Yeah. I really liked that a lot. And that that they were goofy and charming. I love, 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 love that they're being shown as strong, fierce warriors who just so happen to be in a relationship with men and women. Right. (laughs) Like, that's it. 
like that's all it needs to be and it was like perfect well done ah yeah i don't really <laughs> i don't fully have words for it because they just did it just feels yeah, good. yeah. It, they, it just feels really good to see it like that that this isn't something that lessens anyone in any way like who you love how you love does not take away from who you are or define mm -hmm. who you are and what you can and cannot do and to put this in a yeah. show like this I think is just going to be really like I think that this has a possibility of being oh my god please a truly LGBTQ friendly show without it being queer baiting, if you will. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm, yeah, I'm very hopeful for that because I just think that it's something that we need to be seeing in more mainstream media. And I think that maybe Amazon classifies as mainstream media, I would say. Yeah. So... I think they just did a great job. Mm -hmm. I mean, in that moment, I wanted to be sitting in that at that mm -hmm. campfire. Like I wanted to be invited into this. Heck yeah. Like lovely experience. And even Nynaeve, who she's a little bit of a sourpuss. She at was times, having a great time. She's sitting there having a great time. And I'm like, if you can get Nynaeve to smile, then you've already like made your way into my heart. So <laughs> I, I liked when they were like <laughs> Uh, how'd you get hooked up with this one? Like Nynaeve asked them asking Nynaeve that yeah. about Lan. Yeah. And he starts to say yeah. something and she was like, I tracked him. <laughs> yeah. And one of them was like, oh, I like her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was good. It was really good. These moments with characters who are just a little bit older, mm -hmm. I'm lapping it up. Like, I love it. Still having a hard time with Perrin, Matt, Egwene, Rand, but we kind of like texted about that just a little bit yesterday. Where like I read the series first when I was sixteen, so if I was sixteen now and the show was coming out as I was reading the series, mm -hmm. I would be thrilled for the Rand, Perrin, Egwene, younger people. Like that would be the place where I feel like I would fall in more so than being like, oh my God, Tom. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. not to say that, you know, there's not going to be Tom general appeal, but I feel as though we have, we have this really great cast that is so representative of age, gender. Nationality. Yeah, like, there's such it. a diverse range. It feels very human. And I don't know if you would be able to get those scenes to play as anything other than young adult because they are young adults. Young adult. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hello, friends. It's time for a new ad. There's so much happening in the Wheel of Time world, and we have opportunities for you to help us continue to create quality Wheel of Time content. If you would like to help, rate us wherever you listen. This helps other people find the podcast. You can also join us on YouTube and subscribe to the channel. Help create the show by joining us on Patreon. 
We have four different tiers with perks ranging from shoutouts to bonus content to merch not found in our Threadless store. Speaking of the Threadless shop, it's absolutely bursting with beautiful Wheel of Time designs and various items to put them on. Need a Wolf Brother t-shirt? It's there. A first sister pin to send to your bestie? We've got them. How about a White Tower dropout sweatshirt? You know Amber made one. The point is, we love the Wheel of Time. You love the Wheel of Time. Go get some merch that shows it. You can find links for Patreon and our Threadless shop in our show notes. One last thing. You guys are the best. Your support means the world to us. Thank you for being the amazing people, humans, sentient creatures that you are and keeping us company on the road to Tarvalin. I had read a... There, there was a German write-up on the show and one of the things it was asking is if they knew what their target mm, audience mm-hmm. was because they felt a little bit confused about like what the like the core I guess cast who the who yeah who, who know, are you who trying to draw oh who is this mm-hmm. about okay yeah I think I think they did a good job and have been doing a good job with the warders. Like this was this was another episode that was like, oh yeah, that's what warders do. <laughs> so Did you notice that when Lan was drinking, he told Moraine that she got emotional when he drinks. Emotional when he uh-huh. drinks. So is this like the female bond or like the male bond where like Egwene or not Egwene, when Elaine gets or Brigida, mm-hmm. I guess when like Brigida gets drunk, mm-hmm. Elaine gets a little tipsy. A little tipsy. Mm-hmm. I hadn't really thought about. I don't like like dislike it or like it. I just it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, because of course it did make me think of like the Elaine Brigida drunkenness mm-hmm. connection. Um but I also just thought it was sweet because he was like, I shouldn't have had a drink. You always get emotional when I have a drink. <laughs> like, just the, like, the fact that he thinks about her so often. And then the discussion around who are Aes Sedai and Nynaeve's question, what does that make you? And Lan's response being, proud I really liked it I liked that like they all seem to feel the same way it feels like they're kind of setting it up this way and yes like these are strong like proud men Mm -hmm. that are they truly believe that this job that they are doing is very necessary and important Mm -hmm. but as time goes on I am really excited to see the underbelly of the White Tower, mm-hmm. where I feel like some of this pride mm-hmm. might actually be something that ends up really screwing over other people. Mm-hmm. Because I'm thinking about like Gawain and his younglings, mm-hmm. like when the when everything happens with Swan, like I just see these young men like strutting around, like we're the top dogs of the water mm-hmm. ground like walking around and picking fights and like picking a side mm-hmm. and how 
the sense of pride might actually be like one of the reasons why Swan's fall happens. Mm. Interesting. I can see that. And I mean, it may not be the same answer for each warder either. True, 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 true. Yeah, because I mean, I feel... It was just something that kind of like, I was like, it's kind of like a red flag because I was just thinking about like the seven deadly sins, like pride, one of them. (laughs) So it's like, maybe, I don't know. Should should we feel proud of our position or should we feel, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. From... Yeah, I think from when it makes sense. And it felt as though, like, the other men that were sitting there, like, their sentiment felt... It felt good. That seems really simplistic, but sometimes when you just watch something, it's like, okay. And that's how it made me feel. I don't know. Yeah, I think that was just, like, my inner what if. Yeah, Also, I had previously watched one of the bonus episodes where it was The Greatest Warder, Mm -hmm. and it was talking about how he was the strongest, most fearsome warrior. He cut down so many Mm -hmm. men, and then he is defeated Mm -hmm. by a farmer with a, a quarter staff. And I felt like that was kind of like that connection to pride, like feeling like I'm this warder that just can't be beaten Mm -hmm. and then you know this humble farm boy walking up and just beating the crap out of him so like I don't know like it's interesting I like it I do like it I'd go with before the fall kind of thing yeah no I can see that I think that's a really good point does that scene end with Moraine and Lan talking in their tent I think so and then we skip back Well, hold on, because there was one thing in that, because doesn't he ask if a Gween is as strong, or if Loghain is as strong as a Gween? As strong as a Gween, yeah. And she says, maybe. But there's no mention of Nynaeve. I was seriously getting to a point where I was like, are they just going to make it that Nynaeve doesn't channel? I think if they would have brought Nynaeve up, then they wouldn't have had the cool moment at the end. Like, if you knew it was coming, then it wouldn't, it would lose some of its, like, emphasis. Well, and the other thing, I agree with you on that. And I think the other thing that has been really good about that is how many situations has Nynaeve already faced in the beginning of this series that if she was feeling emotionally distraught enough to, like, be able to reach the power and do something with Mm -hmm. it. Like I was almost expecting something from her at winter night and then almost expecting something from her when she's facing the Trolloc and then almost expecting Mm -hmm. something from her when she's trying to heal Moraine. Like there have been these little Mm -hmm. moments where we're like, is Nynaeve going to do something? She just wasn't, you know, she just wasn't angry enough. But then, and maybe that's what it was—like repeated trauma—and it finally just like snapped, <laughs> kicked her over the edge. I think they handled it brilliantly, and we can come back and talk about it later. But like that was just one of those moments where I zeroed in a bit on 
the question about it being a green, which then pushes me back to thinking that Moraine is not considering Nynaeve as the dragon. Like, mm-hmm. if yeah. Lan is asking about Egwene's strength, it doesn't mean that Nynaeve's strength isn't absolutely incredible. It just means she didn't fall in the right category of age, so she had already discounted it. Yeah. Exactly. I love when you can just finish my sentences for me because sometimes mm-hmm. it's so hard for me to get all the way to the end of a sentence. <laughs> okay, Tinker Camp. I've still got that drum beat stuck in my head. Am I trying to dance around? I was like waiting for the Taganza. Again, I wanted to be there. I was I was seriously like, are they gonna are they gonna start? Taking those shawls off. And yeah. Am I going to start seeing some hits? Am I going to be because blushing soon? I really liked it. I really, really liked it. I really loved Aram with Egwene. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's just this actor. He's the accent, the eyes. He's mesmerizing. Him kind of. Yeah. He's kind of got this like goofy. Yep charm Mm -hmm. about him that's so disarming Mm -hmm. where like if you just stumbled into a group of people and he was like hey let me show you around like I would just follow this man around like yep I feel like he's completely trustworthy he's kind of dorky but cute Mm -hmm. like he's got this like cute nerd thing going on he's skeptical yeah and I yeah he's got a skeptic mind I liked that because I think one of the things that happens during the book series is Aram's leaving of the Tinker Camps to become Perrin's shadow, basically. They're already setting him up as having a question, so it makes it more believable. Yep, that he would walk away from this. They also gave the they gave the Tinkers their very own Rumspringer. Did you? Yeah, I, I'm sure did. I didn't say that right, but... We've got, like, an Amish parallel mm-hmm. now. Very cool. And it makes so much more sense. It really does. Absolutely. It makes it feel less culty. I like that they have, like, former killers and mercenaries, like, that just picked up and joined because they're like, you know what, we're done. We're done. And I really loved how beautiful that some of the lines were written just specifically for Aram and for Isla mm-hmm. or Ela, however you want to pronounce it. It was better than the books. I, I agree to. with you. I agree with you. And I liked the fact that, like, we still have a queen kind of not necessarily running off with Aram, but definitely being charmed yes maybe but as opposed to it being Perrin kind of mostly hanging out with Elias he has this moment with Isla and I liked the dynamic between the two of them because I think in the book series Perrin really struggles with that violence versus non-violence and I think that having spent just that brief amount of time with the Tuathon early in Eye of the World. See? Ugh. I'm still pained by this. Yeah. Still pained. Perrin could have still been opposed to violence yep. 
without the Layla incident. He could have just really gravitated towards their story without yep. the death of his wife and no, absolutely. I agree with you. The more I've like kind of rewatched that, the more I'm like, nah, it could have been Master Luan. Would have sucked. Not gonna lie. Personally, like I know people who have lost their spouse. Mm-hmm. Years later, they don't remarry. Years later, they don't date. I'm worried. Mm-hmm. Are we gonna get Fail? How long is it going to take Perrin? I don't know. She plays some pretty, I mean, depending on which directions they take, she plays a pretty important role in a lot of things that happen to and for and with Perrin. So, okay. So let's pretend for a moment that the theory that Layla is a dark friend is true. Mm Mm-hmm. And let's say that in some way, Perrin finds out. And yes, this increases. Amber, you have your hands up, hand up. <laughs> Do you have a question? Would that not make it even more traumatic? Well, that was what I was going to say. Like, this okay. is definitely going to be a traumatizing revelation to him because he was married to and loved someone who he found out later yes. was a dark friend i still don't believe it but uh, like I'm i said there's like twist. i said this is this is the pretend <laughs> let's just play pretend because i mean yeah. that's at this point this is something yeah. i'm loving about the tv show is that i don't know what's happening next mm-hmm. episode not for sure so what are we so what's okay the, so what What's the end game here? Fail helps Perrin to learn to trust in some way, to regain his confidence after what happened with Layla. Fail is feisty, and mm-hmm. she very obviously sets her cap for Perrin. Is that too old of a phrase to use on our podcast? I like it. Use it. <laughs> I personally like it. We don't know who our target audience is either. <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, so, like, I, I think that they can give Fayil an early-ish introduction in a mm-hmm. way that... Because, I mean, it is much more common for men to remarry after losing a spouse. But I don't know how many... <laughs> like butchered their wife and got to like hold her while she was like yeah coughing i mean good god the trauma of that moment i i think it it raises some serious complications for potential plausibility with relationships that may unfold yeah, I think that's I think that's my biggest issue, like plausibility for him to get over it, even if it's in three seasons mm-hmm. like that would almost feel really fast because I really like Fayil's character. Yeah. So I want this to be like I, I'm excited for them to build her up and make her great. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing that I was just thinking of is. This makes Perrin's nightmare 
or his like bubble of evil with the axe in his room in Fayil, like extra horrifying, you know? Like if they keep that in the show, it would almost exactly mimic the attack against the wife that he already killed. Why would you do that to Perrin? Well, yeah, like, this is the biggest complaint that people have about his book character mm -hmm. is just, like, he's moping mm -hmm. for how long? Yeah. And then Fael gets kidnapped, and he's going to mope some mm -hmm. more. So, like, are we just going to drag this out for his entire plot line? Because I hope I not. I really hope not. But then, like, flipping the switch and, like, him getting over it one day, like, also doesn't feel completely realistic mm -hmm. to me. So this is... This is where I'm, like, hesitant about it. I think the actor will, mm -hmm. I think he'll do amazing no matter what he's mm -hmm. given. There are rules. This is fantasy. Like, we can have magic. Right. But we still have to make people feel like real yeah. people. And you accidentally kill your wife. Like that? Yeah, that's that's years of trauma that you're going to need help with. That and I don't want Fail to be his therapist. I want her to be his equal. So his partner. Yeah. Yes. Andrew started watching the episodes last night and I happened mm -hmm. to walk in just right before the parent Layla moment and I, I wanted to see his reaction. He was like, holy shit. Holy shit. Did that just happen? I think for, for Andrew, it was more how like violent it was in general, not necessarily like the whole, he took out her wife, but just like, I don't mm -hmm. think he was expecting that to happen at all. And then like the, I just want to, preface something mm -hmm. here i am all for violence <laughs> like i gory violence slaughtering trollocs heads popping off using weaves of air i don't for care it. i'm totally into yeah. it this is just one of these mm -hmm. situations where i'm not a big fan yeah. so like i don't want anyone to think that i'm a prude or something where i'm like ew like blood and guts and Whatever. If they've listened to us before, they probably they probably have a good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, you never no, know. I, I mean, someone you. could just turn on and be like, "We not know anything about me." So, just want to <laughs> preface that there. Anyways, lots of bongo playing at the Tinker Camp. It was really great. I was gonna say, I I thought that her story, the way that she shared it, her acting in that was just so yeah beautiful very good what greater revenge against violence than peace. than peace what greater revenge against death and death life. and life yep yeah yeah that stuck with me too it was like wow it, it, guys, it was good the writing so it was far really good it's very clean i had said previously that the whole Perrin and Egwene side plot was starting to kind of mm -hmm. get a little boring for me. And then this just totally picked yep. it right back up. Like the music, mm -hmm. the dancing, the words that were spoken. It was just really nice. And her saying how he finds honor or he finds 
what was it? Duty. He finds he finds peace in the work. And that is the the honor, I think. Aram stands out for me. Wow. Like Maria Kennedy Doyle, awesome. Mm -hmm. But Aram, just like him kind of like doing this goofy, like (laughs) jumping around kind of like that, like that fish out of water dance, like someone had hooked him, I feel like. And his hair is all disheveled and with his like big grocery cart (laughs) poncho on or something. Is that what we're expecting? Uh, yeah, I just like I I mean, we know where he ends up mm-hmm. in the books, but this is a person that I want at my party. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he looks like he's a good time. I loved right? the fabrics, the textiles. I especially loved Maria Kennedy Doyle's hairstyles in this episode. She had two in particular that mm-hmm. I was like, I want to do that. The the fabric was really interesting. Um, I actually have bags made out of like handbags, like like slouch purses that are made out of fabrics yeah. very similar to like the fabrics that they're wearing and like the textile patterns that they're wearing, and it just was, it just felt so good. I'm sure they probably outsourced all this fabric. Mm-hmm. Somewhere where it was like quality stuff. Mm-hmm. Quite a bit. Okay. Fade battle. The fade battle happens after Rand and Tom have their chat, right? Because Tom tells Rand about Owen and then they're talking about Matt. And Tom thinks that Matt, Matt is the one yeah. that is the channeler. Like, he's worried that right. Matt is able to channel. Right, because he's dagger sick, and Tom mistook it as channeling sickness. And then they wake up, or Rand wakes up and notices that Matt is gone. Did you, did you notice when Matt was throwing up that, like... It was Mashadar, like, creeping out of his mouth. And, like, up alongside the stone... Of what he was touching, mm-hmm. and I was like, what a good touch. I thought that was so cool. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Well, remember how much Matt likes to puke in the books? <laughs> <laughs> so Someone's leaning over their whoever, horse behind yeah. them vomiting. Probably <laughs> Matt. Yeah. If there's the yeah. sound of someone puking, it's probably Matt. I just wonder Matt. who picked up on that, and there was like, That's we're going to have awesome. Matt. Like- <laughs> yeah, actually, <laughs> I got all wrapped up in seeing that Mashadar mm-hmm. moment where I was like, wow. And then for it to like be coming back up over his lips. Mm-hmm. Oh, so cool. Okay. So yeah. So they totally got me. I thought Matt murked that entire family and I was about to be really upset until he says, I see you. Oh, and it was the fade. I'm sorry. I left that scene thinking that Matt had killed the family. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I guess like it, it could have been any of them, but the knife didn't look bloody. It didn't. So, or the dagger didn't look no, bloody. No, you're right. And I mean, he very clearly points it and is like, I see you and like waves the. Was that not creepy? So good. So I good. That was creepy. Well done. And then for like the fate to come out, and then from Tom 
and the Fade to have their battle. Like the Fade, the way that the Fade sticks to the shadows mm -hmm. reminds me of one time when I had sleep paralysis. Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> oh my God! It looked like that, like in my memory. So it was very creepy. Good touch. That is creepy. Mm -hmm. That is a creepy experience. I'm so glad you shared that with us. <laughs> I know when we were chatting last week and I was like, okay, wait. So we like basically have a reverse situation where like Rand and Matt have been traveling solo. Then they meet with Tom and now they're yes. traveling with Tom. And then I was like, are they going to kill Tom off? My question stands. Yeah. I think he'll sh he's got to show up again. I'm like right? slamming I mean. my fists. I'm so mad. Like I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure he's going to show up again, but I'm just like, don't. But you want more of him in season one. Uh, what, what was it that he said that I was like, you were like, possibly replacing Daniel Henney as my favorite person on the show. No one is. It's something about a man who knows the past. Nothing is more dangerous than a man who knows and who the knows past. the past. Mm -hmm. And assassins; those are also very <laughs> dangerous. But when you are both of those things, double threat. I do like how he does, like how he makes that his reason for being dangerous. Are we? Mm -hmm. Are we still going to get court barred, Tom? later on does Damar tom later on or is he just going to be like will this be the robert jordan tribute character where his secret weapon is history because i'm down for that down for that <laughs> i mean that's definitely going to be like one of his weapons like knowledge but i don't think you can discount his past mm -mm. with more gaze yeah and that's what i'm i'm wondering like are they gonna keep that because i feel like it's such a defining part of who tom is i mean he's really quite a mentor as well like him and moraine getting rand like into the shoes mm -hmm. of this noble character yeah. i guess yeah between the two of them they really help direct him in mm -hmm. a direction <laughs> mm -hmm. we have to have Deste Maritam otherwise the pairing between him and Moraine falls kind of flat I feel like or he uses his historical knowledge to help inflate her abilities of Deste Mar I don't know I'm trying to like think of something just in case they decide not to go in that direction but really, okay. I want Deste Martam. I'm not going to try to like act yeah. like I don't. Oh, yeah. I definitely 100%. want 100%. So then everyone at the Grinwell farm is dead. Tom mm -hmm. and Tom is left with the fade. Random Matt have run off. And then yeah. after they make an evasive maneuver yeah. and then they run off into the forest. And then we go back to the Aes Sedai camp, right? 
Then we go back to the Aes Sedai camp, and we learn that Leandrin wants to gentle Loghain without... Taking him to the tower and having a trial. Mm -hmm. Permission. Yeah. And she says, well, you know, if you were able to break out of his... Shield. Shield. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tricky, tricky Leandrin. So then what happens? He breaks out of his shield, and Karene, or Karine Nagashi, is killed, killed because of mm-hmm. it. So, I'm just going to say that was Leandrin's fault. I think it is. I think it is, too. There's, like, I don't... I watched this a couple times last night. It looks like when Loghain breaks from their shield... Mm-hmm. And then the three of them come to, like, attack him. So, so Loghain is battling in, like, a battle of weaves mm-hmm. against Moraine, Leandrin, and Karene. God. Kareen sounds better. I agree. <laughs> and also, if you were going to kill a green, you might as well take... Kareen the, Kar- the green? <laughs> Um, that actually sounds really good together. It's why didn't they do that? She's already dead. You know, like before the main series starts, she's been dead like 20 years. Yeah. So if you're going to take yeah. out a green sister, you may as well take out Might as one well. that's yeah. not even in the main series. I loved how this is the moment that Daniel Henney, that Lan and Nynaeve are having a moment where he we're learning about both of their pasts. Mm-hmm. He's explaining his rituals, like his prayer Mm -hmm. to the seven towers of Malkir. She responds in the old tongue. He tells her it's what the king of Menethrin said before, like going into a battle that they knew that they were going to lose. Mm -hmm. So really loved the exposition here and kind of like bringing these two characters together. We've definitely got feelings i think like they have feelings for each other at this point even if it's just a little bit even if it's just admiration yeah yeah Yeah. then lana's like oh shit logan's followers are here and it's battle Mm -hmm. time we get alana who we haven't even talked about yet but being a badass i I, how dare you amazon prime make me fall in love with a character that i love um (laughs) How dare you? She's so cute. Like her little character traits, like that little like laugh that she has where it's so quick. It's just, it's so cute. The way that she was like chatting with Moraine. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's like almost like little hiccups. What's the name of that dog you had? And Moraine's all like, I see what you're doing. And I was like, yeah, it's cool. I knew you would. Yeah. So cute. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Jenny. And also, why are there dogs in the White Tower? I mean, dogs, dogs would go like them in that channel. Yeah, right? Why didn't she have a cat named Jenny? Jenny. I unless they're done gender stereotyping the animals. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> that is new turning. I hadn't even thought about that. Oh, hello. 
it was on Twitter. I saw someone say that they thought that they were joking, but they were like, what if this, what if there's a theory that Jenny the dog was actually Swan using a mask a mask of mirrors to sneak into her bedroom at night? Oh my god! Stop! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, but why would you, why would they need to sneak about it? Because it's completely acceptable. Right, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so funny though. What a funny idea. <laughs> Definitely made me laugh, so. But then we have Mayhem, Madness, Loghain's army shows Did up. Did you see that the king of The King of Giladon was still there? Leading the Loved charge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was that was kind of a funny shot though. Like everyone was running by and the king of Giladon like kind of stopped and like looked at the camera like, let's go. <laughs> and I was like, They're already okay, going. Guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was looking bad there for a second. I saw a couple reds get Pretty messed up there by some arrows. Yep. Alana does her trick with weaves of air that we saw in the teaser trailer. Mm-hmm. And then she reverses it, hits everybody with the arrows. Looked cool. Yeah. Alana, I, I'm not sure if it was Alana. They're throwing weaves of earth mm-hmm. and like making these like little explosions mm-hmm. And then there was that really cool shot of Alana and her two warders doing like a, she was kind of like doing this, like the crow, you know, like the Jesus pose. And then her warders like both synchronized, like ducking down. It was very cool. Like a defensive crouch knowing what was about to happen. Yeah, Yeah. I noticed that I don't remember which warder it was. But when he stood up and had his bow out, he had two arrows knocked at the same time. Yvonne, I think. And I was like, yeah. check you out! Look at that! Yeah, look at you, boy! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just, like, clapping. Like, yes! Mm-hmm. Battle scene! Lance protectiveness over Nynaeve. And Nynaeve being like, I got a belt knife. Like she straight uh, up, she flat out shanked somebody, like, like prison yard style. Up and she was like, "I got a belt knife, bitch!" Pew, pew. I could just see like the hearts like jumping out of Land's <laughs> eyes. Like <laughs> you are deadly, you are fierce, you are a lioness, naive Almira. <laughs> if there's any question about it. I'm the biggest Nainu fan. I'm not even going to lie about I... it. That's why this episode was so good. Okay. I just don't know how they're... I mean, I, I'm assuming because people have said, like, that's not even the best episode. Like, there's better ones. So I'm very excited for that. I don't know. Can my heart take that? Can my heart take that, Amber? I'm a little worried right now. Yes. <sighs> it can. And it will. God, okay. So then we get back to the cave, and then we have... Well, Stefan is freaking out because Kareen is dead. Kareen's dead. And so yes. he jumps in to attack Loghain. 
That was a bad idea. Did the taint, did the, can we call it corruption now? I'm going with taint. No, do it. The taint on Sidene, did the taint on Sidene get to his axe and break it? Or was it just another weave? Because it looked like black, like forming over the axe. I was trying. Or maybe it's just artistic license, you know? That, and also this feels kind of, strange to phrase it this way but based on how it's visually done it felt almost as though like his axes went through both Sadar and Sidine and once it touched Sidine Loghain was able yeah like if you had ice in a glass jar and then put it put boiling water in it like it would just Explode. Yeah, so like he was like Loghain was somehow able to touch that because the axes made it, mm-hmm. and I mean it shouldn't like book wise. I don't think it would have worked that way potentially, but the way that they mm-hmm. show the shield going over the entire person, it works. Yeah. So like that was yeah. kind of how I saw it, and then that shatter explosion. Holy Holy shrapnel, Batman. (laughs) That took out everyone in the cave. Every single person was down. Lan got hit to the jugular. He's like squirting blood. Like I I knew it wasn't I knew it wasn't the end of Lan. I knew it wasn't the end of Lan, and I still was like I mean, as soon as that happened and she was the only one still standing, I was like, here we go. Like, all right, here we go. I like sat back and like adjusted my headphones and I was like, okay, (laughs) like I'm in this. I was like, Nynaeve, 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 come on. We need you. We need you. It was just awesome. Her, okay, first off, her like holding her hands over Lan's blood squirting out of his neck and then her just screaming no like she didn't have any lines other than that just no No. and goosebumps I tear up thinking about it I'll probably cry when we watch it but I loved how like her weaves of spirit blue through the entire cave so hard that it unbraided her hair hair. i had i felt the same way i was like you're damn oh my god (sighs) and then just that close-up on her face where she's like almost like panting Mm -hmm. with like grit like her jaw set you know it was such a naive face well and i I was i loved it i was thinking yes first of all yes so much um but then i was thinking how the title of the of the episode is the dragon reborn and we start with the whole logain thing and is it logain is it matt and now is it like with naive, naive at the end, is it naive? So like you have all of these people throughout the episode that it just makes it it makes it kind of a satisfying mystery. I'm good. It definitely does. It definitely mm-hmm. does. Yeah, and there's a 
The stilling of Loghain. Holy shit. And that was like the only other Yeah, thing. I was going to pass like right out. Yeah, I was going to pass right over it. Those tears that fell out of his eye. I, I wasn't quite sure if it happened as he says, mm-hmm. like a raging mm-hmm. sun, like he was in awe mm-hmm. because men can feel a little bit of mm-hmm. women channeling. So he would have had to felt mm-hmm. that. And seen the reaction to uh, it. I'm speechless. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he, he just pretty much everyone was down. Mm-hmm dead squirting blood Mm -hmm. out of their lifeless bodies and then everyone just is reanimated like lazarus he would have been able to just stroll right the fuck out of there if Nynaeve yeah he could have left wouldn't have done what she did um, not only that he could have he still could have but he was in so much shock and awe that he just says like a raging Mm -hmm. sun and then they ha- like I all mean, the sisters come in and they do the linking part was so cool. I thought that was so cool. He could have gotten out of there, but he was a, he was dumbfounded. Yeah. Like what he had just witnessed. I think if it weren't for if it weren't for that, he could have just skipped yep. on out of right there down the road. Wild. Yeah, it was so good. The Nynaeve brought the false dragon to his knees. I love that. Mm-hmm. It also sets up such a huge plot point for later mm-hmm. on. Like my, one of my favorite points moments of the entire show when she actually heals Right. Him. So oh, like wow. oof. Oh, for her to oof. be there at like his his gentling and then his healing. Yeah. Conflicted emotions. Well, maybe that's one of the reasons why she fights so hard to heal maybe. him. Why, like, she's just, she's like a dog with a bone in that case. She doesn't let up. She mm-hmm. has to do it. Nynaeve Nation. <laughs> we are here. Nynaeve was trending on Twitter last was night. Was it? Oh. Yes. And on that note, should we say goodbye, Tracy? No, I'm not falling for that again this week. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say goodbye to everyone else and we'll move over okay. to video time. Yeah. If you guys like what you listen to, check out our YouTube channel because we've got even more stuff over there. Yep. So, yeah. I love it. Thanks so much for joining us. We will continue to release new episodes every Wednesday. We would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews, and share us with your friends in the Wheel of Time community. Let us know what you thought of our content. Correct us. Send us things we may have missed. You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes. We also have a website where you can find links to our Discord channel, social media platforms, and merch shop. So until next week, thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalin.